the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Ghislaine Maxwell, such promise. Just six years ago, she was prepared to dedicate her life to saving the planet. 1,500 feet, I switched on the lights, hoping to see a new mythical sea creature. But in fact, what I saw was a plastic hanger. (gasps) No. I was so absolutely devastated, but it was at that moment that I realized that I was really going to dedicate the rest of my life to uh, taking uh, an involvement with and bringing an education around uh, the ocean. Mm -hmm. And instead, she dedicated uh, the rest of her life as a free woman to sex trafficking underage girls. And she finally got caught, picked up at her New Hampshire estate. So many questions surround her arrest, why she was in New Hampshire, uh, why now, uh, what information does she have that could implicate those who participated in the illegal activities that Jeffrey Epstein and she arranged uh, for some additional questions and perhaps some answers and insights. We're pleased to be joined again by Dominic Green the Life and Arts Editor of Spectator USA, contributor to the Wall Street Journal and the New Criterion. Dominic, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Amy. Uh, good morning. And so um, you, you've got questions surrounding uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, too. Uh, in the, uh, the four or five days now that she's been in custody, do we have any more insight as to the timing of the arrest, why she was in New Hampshire rather than in France or Britain, and uh, just what exactly she may be able to offer and on whom she may be able to offer it? Well, these are the questions, aren't they? I mean, if you were Jelaine Maxwell and uh, your longtime friend and protector Jeffrey Epstein has died in dubious circumstances, would you have stuck around given that you knew the FBI wanted to talk to you and that you were suspect number one? Uh, She has British passports. She has French passports. uh, She has lots and lots of money. Therefore, there must have been a reason why she chose to stay in the U.S. She would have made a decision about what was the safest option. And it's a very strange thing. Why would sticking around in order to be picked up by the FBI at some point be the safest option? So to me, it doesn't really add up. It looks more like uh, she decided to stay in the U.S. because she believed, and this is what I've heard from more than one source, she believed she was still covered by the immunity deal that Epstein worked out in Florida in 2007. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard an interview yesterday with her best friend, and she said that she she made the rounds to call all of her friends to say, you know, goodbye, and they thought that that was strange. That she that they they thought that she knew she was going to be picked up any minute now. 
Absolutely. And, and, and I honestly, uh, I don't have any evidence, of course, to, to support this. My, I would say the balance of probability suggests the FBI knew where she was for a very long time and that the timing of her arrest was something that was quite possibly, as you're saying, not a surprise to her and quite possibly by mutual agreement. I find it very hard to believe that her lawyers wouldn't have been speaking to the FBI ahead of her arrest, for instance. There's some, there's um, some, there's been some suggestion that uh, Epstein and or Maxwell may have been FBI informants at some point. Well, we have a document from 2008 when Epstein was uh, convicted on this, what now looks like a, a suspiciously easy plea deal mm-hmm. in Florida. Uh, we have an FBI document from 2008 saying that in return for this, Epstein, and I quote, provided information to the FBI. Uh, He, I'm told, uh, insisted also that Maxwell be excluded from any prosecution uh, in Florida, despite the fact uh, that we know from the unsealed court documents that her name was all over them as well as his. So from from that point onwards, you have to assume that the FBI has some kind of interest in this and that she has some kind of relationship with it. And legally speaking, there is a case to be made. And of course, she's got very good lawyers now. They're going to make the case that she's still covered by that immunity. Well, and and so that's interesting. So one, that immunity deal was also highly unusual. I don't know what Alex Acosta was doing, but that is very, very strange to offer immunity for known as well as unknown co-conspirators, prospectively. Uh, that's Wouldn't what we all like one of those. Yes, exactly. right. Uh, an astonishing thing, uh, really. Yeah. Costa didn't know what he was doing because afterwards he, he said at the, in 2016 that you know he was told to back off because uh, right. Epstein, quote, belonged to intelligence. And then he decided he didn't know what he was saying and said, no, it's not true. I didn't say that. It didn't happen. Right. Um, the whole thing is utterly murky and in it doesn't reflect well at all, of course, on the FBI or any of the uh, government employees who but, bungled the prosecution. But hasn't a federal judge interceded on that non-prosecution deal and said that that well, is yeah, unconscionable he, and it, it's, it is not in, in force? Well, of course, they are now, yes. What's amazing and what we should be asking is, is why was it uh, possible to argue otherwise for 12 years, given what we've known subsequently about Epstein? The whole thing should have been scrubbed immediately. Um, another thing which came out just yesterday, in fact, was that Deutsche Bank had been fined $150 million for money laundering on Epstein's behalf as late as 2013. Mm-hmm. So, you know, both Epstein and Maxwell were allowed to continue operating for a long time, more than a decade. And, and, and that is a question we should ask. How exactly was this allowed to take place and why exactly was this allowed to take place in the decade between the Florida deal and Epstein's death? Do you think that she has videotapes of sex acts that were performed on underage girls? Well, we can't know for certain. We do know that Epstein, you know, was was recording stuff in his, in his homes, and we also know this is not an uncommon thing for people to do when they're trying to entrap people for intelligence purposes. Epstein's life is an astonishingly murky and dubious thing. Reports in June came out that he'd been involved in arms dealing and money laundering in the 1980s. And obviously we are focusing on the evidence we have, of course, which is of sex offences. But this only seems to have been one aspect of his criminality. And in a way, that may be an expression of his criminality. Uh, He he seems to have been involved in everything murky from Iran-Contra onwards uh, over a 20-year time period. Will we really get the details of it? I very much doubt, in fact. In fact, it may be easier for certain parties to be focusing on the known 
sex allegations and on so Maxwell as, as an opportunity to close the whole story up. Yeah, what does all of this mean for Prince Andrew there? Yeah, Randy Andy, yeah, Randy Andy canceled yeah. his golf vacation. I oh, heard. he did. Well, they were they were friends for thirty years, and uh, you know, and perhaps more. It is it is uh, suspected. Um, it's extremely difficult uh, for him to uh, explain away the photograph, and um, he's not coming out of the UK. His people are insisting, of course, that uh, that he has been uh, attempting to speak to the Southern District of New York. Uh, but the new prosecutor has taken the same line as the previous one, as Jeffrey Bone. Said, she said, uh, you know, we're still waiting for him to walk in. But of course, he's not going to walk in. He's not going to walk anywhere near the airport, let alone come to the U.S. He's um, holed up and hopefully, from his point of view, hopefully waiting that this will blow over. And I think a lot of people are hoping that this will blow over, that Maxwell will um, either be sentenced or agree not to talk about stuff. And um, the whole thing can then be... Uh, brushed under the carpet. The question is, of course, what information would Maxwell trade if she has stuff? Uh, would it perhaps be easier, from her point of view, to dump Prince Andrew than to uh, dump a uh, well-connected uh, person in, this, in the U.S., or indeed dump her relationship uh, with one of the intelligence agencies? The answer, of course, is, from her point of view, it's a lot safer to uh, sell out Prince Andrew um, because she'd probably you know, not have an accident in her cell shortly after. Yeah, sure. You want to stay away from Clinton world if you don't want to have an accident, uh, perhaps. Uh, also, uh, with Randy Andy helping her by doing BBC interviews to explain how innocent he is, uh, if he does one more of those, then uh, I think he'll be indicted in absentia just on what he says, much less uh, what she has to say. Well, it's true, but of course, he, in a way, is exculpating her of this charge. When he's trying to dig himself out of it, he's also digging her out by saying, no, there was nothing untoward, nothing happened, I don't know her, I don't know anything. Um, it is possible also that these sex charges against Maxwell relate to events in 1994 to 1997. That's quite a long time ago. Obviously, the FBI has built up a case, uh, Epstein's domestic staff, housekeepers, who are also alleged to be uh, kimping children to him, they've all disappeared. Uh, so the chances are that they've testified and been tucked away somewhere. You'd imagine the FBI has a strong case. But the perjury charges against Maxwell from 2016, these aren't, you know, they're not that big and they're not likely to make much of a difference. It's almost like they're stacking these charges on top in order that it might all add up. I, I tell you, yeah, you know the 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 six counts against her seemed to me light as well, and it seemed to me they were looking to make it see, appear more substantial than it was, even despite the 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 serious nature of the charges we're discussing. I, I mean, I just go back again to the Palm Beach Police Department in oh you know oh six to before the feds took it over. They put together a case with what they report was thirty five to forty. Uh, girls who are willing to testify to what happened to them, what they, what Epstein and Maxwell did. And here we are more than a decade later, and we're basically talking about still the work product from the Palm Beach Police Department, the only uh, organization that comes out looking good from the information that we know and has been memorialized in that Filthy Rich documentary series is the Palm Beach Police Department. Here we are again talking about the Department of Justice and the FBI uh, either engaged in uh, very dubious, unethical activity or or, or just uh, exhibiting rank incompetence. I don't know which, but 
as you probably know from that documentary, there were FBI agents that were decrying what wasn't happening with Epstein back in 06 to 08 to after that plea deal and to the intervening decade. Absolutely. And, of course, we should always remember that incompetence is a very powerful driver of these things. But what we do have, and, and, this, and this is the crucial thing about what happened in Florida. You're right. The Palm Beach Police Department did the right thing. They assembled this massive file that would have been enough to put away Epstein and, we have to imagine, Maxwell for life. And the FBI, for its own reasons, decided not to pursue that file. And that is one question which is very clear to us. You know, there's a lot of murky allegations and he says, she says about the whole Epstein saga. But this is one thing we have on paper, clearly documented. The FBI chose not to prosecute and therefore we should ask, why didn't it? Mm. And of course, Maxwell may well know the answer to that question. He is Dominic Green, Life and Arts Editor of Spectator USA, contributor to the Wall Street Journal and the New Criterion. Dominic Green, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.